0: You are doing well and enjoying this gorgeous, gorgeous day. want to welcome Windsor live on this Sunday. Hope you're enjoying this day as well. And uh, we are, are continuing our series. Hey, before I jump into this, I just want to say to us here and Windsor as well there's a table out in the mall and out in the Great Hall in Windsor that says The Art of Neighboring. It's an insert in your program today. Please take that out. What we're looking for, we're doing a three week series on weekends and a six-week small group study on the art of neighboring and this is going to be real exciting because 22 churches around northern Colorado are doing this together for three weekends in a row how about that I don't know that that's ever happened in the history of our community and so I'm very excited about that and we need some hosts all you need to do is open your home and let some people gather there and talk about the stuff that we'll be providing, uh, uh, all the materials for. So if, if you have a home that you could open up, we would love to have you go by that table and sign up, and let us get you ready for that coming up here in just a few weeks. Well, I have a, I've called this message "falling down laughing," because of what happens with Abraham is going to Abram still is going to laugh when he hears the news that he's going to be a dad. Sarai is going to laugh, but here's the thing. God doesn't mention Abraham laughing, but He does kind of rebuke Sarai for her laughter. And I don't know if you've ever studied this or taken a close look at it, but it's very fascinating. And so we're going to do that here in a little bit. Today's a big day in the story because promises are made, God shows up. And it's sort of hard for us to comprehend all this because just imagine this. In the story, going from just that chapter last week with Hagar and all that, to this week, it's been, for them, it's been 13 years since last weekend. Okay? So, so that's what happens sometimes when the Bible just tells a chronological story. There's a whole lot of stuff we don't know. And what I want... How many of you know 13 years is a long time? A lot can happen. Okay? Most scholars would say this. And this is important because they would say that after the Hagar situation, if you weren't here last week, Sarai was really frustrated. She couldn't get pregnant. God had promised Abram a son. So she gave her maiden servant, Hagar, to Abram to sleep with. He should have never done it, but he did it. She got pregnant. They had a son named Ishmael. It messed up their household. There was envy, jealousy. Hagar ran away. God shows up. It's just drama. Drama, drama, drama. And most scholars believe that this 13 years was a very silent, painful, hurtful time in all these relationships. Abram, Sarai, Hagar, Ishmael, that it was just kind of a dysfunctional family. And, And God is kind of showing up here today to say, I want to draw a new line in the sand with you. I want to make a new covenant with you. And I want to start over. Because you have potential, and I still believe in you. You've kind of messed up, but I'm the God who can redeem all that. Man, aren't you thankful? How many of you had a new line in the sand in your life before? Thank God. And these are these are great moments that we've got to fully understand. So Abram was 86 when Ishmael was born. Now he's 99, and we're going to pick it up in that, in that time. Number one in your bulletin, if you have a, a program, turn it to the backside and follow along. God Almighty makes a promise. God Almighty makes a promise. He's about to give us a name that we haven't heard yet, and he names himself this name. And it's a powerful name. In verse 1, it says, When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, And remember, this is 13 years from when Ishmael was born, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. Notice that condition. I will make a covenant, and when God makes a covenant, it's forever. It is a promise, an agreement. I'll make a covenant with you by which I will guarantee to give you countless descendants. When I think about what's happening and God saying, I am El Shaddai, the name is important because it's God's way of preparing Abram to receive some big news. God Almighty, El Shaddai, is the name declaring that God can do anything, anytime, with anyone, anywhere. He is unlimited. It also means that He is the God who pours out, the God who blesses, and He blesses abundantly, and He blesses continually. So, would you agree that's a big name? And so, and Abram's taken back, because this is a name that that you've got to... You've got to have respect for. Okay, I've got to ask. How many of you associate the name El Shaddai with Amy Grant? <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's funny. Let's sing it together. No, I'm kidding. How many of you have never heard of Amy Grant? Okay, quite a few. <laughs> yeah, that's been a few uh, decades ago, I think. But here's the thing. This does not mean that God will always use His power, unlimited as it is, in the way that we want Him to. But it should still bring us comfort knowing that He has this authority and blessing and power. Like, I'm comforted by the fact that, that I know God can do anything. And sometimes, to be quite frank, when I pray and I have a really good plan lined up for God, And I I make suggestions of how he could show up and change some things around and get a hold of somebody's heart or make this happen. And he doesn't do it in the way that I have prayed. Has this ever happened to you? And you kind of think, well, God, you know, I, I do believe that you hear me. I do believe in prayer. I believe you can do anything. And if you're just not as logical as me, then that's your choice. But then I come to this realization. God... Is God he is bigger than what I know he is bigger than any expression I can have he has knowledge and can see into the future about things and circumstances and I think there are times when I better thank God he didn't answer my prayer in the way I prayed it man scary but I'm comforted knowing that he can do anything number two in your outline Abram responds with humility And I think this is a good response. It's probably the right response. He's a little overwhelmed. God shows up. I mean, boom, he's talking to him. I'm El Shaddai. I'm making this covenant with you. Um, There is a condition for the covenant. You live righteous. I'll do my part. You do your part. And look at verse 3. At this, Abram fell face down on the ground. Then God said to him, This is my covenant with you, which means a forever promise. I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. Wow. In that culture, there was a, a, a proper way to show reverence, and, and it would start with Abram going to his knees, and then he would hold his hands out like that, and he would put them on the ground, and then he would put his face right straight down on the ground. And this is still done today. You've seen, seen it, or maybe you've been there and you've been around it. It's a real vulnerable position. It's a position of trust and submission, and and this is important because there's this physical humility that we see in Abram. He's not high-fiving God and saying, cool, let's do it, let's do this. You know, there's this great moment of reverence and awe and healthy fear that says, this is El Shaddai. He's God and He has a plan for my life. I started thinking about this and I wondered about like humility, if you... I don't think you know like, if you're not humble or if you are humble. If someone said to me, I'm a really humble person, like, I don't know if I would believe them. Right? Because I don't know if you see that trait in yourself. But humility is tricky because we, we need to be confident and, and we need to have leadership in our lives. And sometimes that can be mistaken for arrogance or pride when it's just good leadership. So, so I started thinking about what what is humility like. What are some signs? If if you were to say this person's really humble, and I said, how do you know that? What would you say? They're others focused. Others focused. Think of that. Just just you don't have to say it, but just think in your mind. What would you say? And so these are the kind of things that sort of hang me up in my study time, and I. I start thinking about it, and, and I, I put three things down. I put one of the things is, I think gratefulness is a true sign of humility. I think when you see people who are truly grateful with whatever they have, and they're not always just grabbing and grabbing and wanting more, they're just, there's this sense of gratitude in their life just to be alive and to be breathing and to, to have any relationship they have. There's, just, there's something about acceptance of, of what they have, of God's provision that seems humble to me i think another thing is listening like have you ever been have you ever when you talk to a good listener you always say more and and if you if you ever had a conversation with someone who's just waiting to cut into the conversation you know it's like it's like they're ready to go and you need to stop talking cuz you're bothering them they need to say something i think about a willing heart and obedience humility those are the marks abram had those And he had messed up. And maybe he's even more humbled because he knows he's messed up. And God is saying, I'm still in covenant with you. Number three. This is kind of a big place in the story. It's For some of you who have been around church, the the name change from Abram to Abraham, Sarai to Sarah. It happens now. It's going to happen today. And we've talked about it for many, many weeks. Verse five. What's more, God says, I am changing your name. It will no longer be Abram. Instead, you will be called Abraham. For you will be the father of many nations, and I will make you extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become many nations, and kings will be among them. I will confirm my covenant with you and your descendants after you from generation to generation. This is the everlasting covenant. I will always be your God and the God of your descendants after you. And I will give you the entire land of Canaan where you are now living as a foreigner. To you as your descendants. It will be their possession forever, and I will be their God. Now, when you think about Abram becoming Abraham, it's just a little jump. So, what about Sarai becoming Sarah? If you jump down to verse 15, it says this Then God says to who? Abraham. Abraham. Okay, here we go. That's the first. Regarding Sarai, your wife, her name will no longer be Sarai. From now on, her name will be Sarah, and I will bless her and give you a son from her. Boom. Now, this is freaking Abraham out. He's thinking Ishmael, who's already been born. Yes, I will bless her richly, and she will become the mother of many nations. She she hasn't had any, she's been barren up till now. She's been wanting a baby so bad. This is impossible. Kings of nations will be among her descendants. Wow. Now, when you think about these name changes, at first it's like, big deal. What's, what's the big deal about the name change? There, is, there are books, volumes written about this moment, okay? Especially among the rabbis. It's fascinating. God inserts, okay, there's four letters. I'll try not to get too weird in, in, in theology here or history, but please listen to this. It's, it's a learning moment. There's four letters of the Hebrew Alphabet in the word Yahweh, which means God. Two of them are the letter Hay. God adds Hay to Abram's name. God adds Hay to Sarai's name. It's like he takes a piece of himself with the two Hays in his name, and says, one is for Abram, one is for Sarai. Now we are connected forever. And from that moment on, their names were changed, and they would never go back the same. Isn't that fascinating? And and you say, well, what's the big deal? It's a big deal, because the etymology of the name, Abram to Abraham, and Sarai to Sarah, completely changes the meaning of the name. Now, What Abram used to mean is noble father. What Abraham, with the hay in it, now it means father of many, father of multitudes. In other words, you've gone from a nice noble father to being a father of nations. Sarai, which means princess, when you add the hay, it means mother of nations. So God is doing a little play on words here and He's saying, I'm going to put some of my name in you and it's going to change your identity forever. Isn't that what God does? I love that about God. See, you can't be the same once you encounter God. Some of you have an interest in this, uh, the new beginnings idea. There's this name change and then there's something else that happens and it's the first time it's recorded in the Bible and it's called circumcision. What God is doing is He asks Abraham from this point on that all the boys will be circumcised as a physical sign that they are—they have this mark on their physical body and they will be different from, from all other nations on the earth. Circumcision is no longer required to follow God, but in this moment, this was a big deal. It ended up that even Abraham, Ishmael, and all the boys after that were circumcised from that day on. So there's this spiritual name change, the meaning, and this physical sign of my covenant with God's people. So, let's move to this next part because it gets kind of tricky. Number four in your outline is, what is the meaning of our laughter? What is the meaning of our laughter? In verse 17, it says, then Abraham bowed down to the ground, and he laughed to himself in disbelief. What is, he, what is he laughing in disbelief about? The fact that he's going to be a dad. How could I become a father at the age of 100? How many guys would say that's a good question? <laughs> that's fair. And how can Sarah have a baby when she is 90 years old? So Abraham said to God, may Ishmael live under your special blessing. Why did he say that? Because he can't get it in his head that, that there's going to be a different son. So he's saying it must be Ishmael that you're talking about. But God replied, no. Sarah, your wife, will give birth to a son for you, and you will name him Isaac. And I will confirm my covenant with him and his descendants as an everlasting covenant. Wow. This is just massive. And Abraham cannot even take it. He's just blown away by the magnitude that this is actually happening. So then then you think about um, what's going to happen when Sarah finds out. So if you jump to the next chapter in Genesis 18, there's this story that I'm going to talk about a little more next week of God showing up. There's three of them. The Lord is present. And they're walking around in this field, and Abraham's out working, and he knows it's the Lord. And so he approaches them and says, please, can I get you something to drink? They say, yes. Can I feed you dinner? Yes. He runs back to the tent. He says to Sarah, please cook some, make something to drink. I'm going to go kill a calf, and we're going to have dinner. And so he runs out. He prepares dinner. They have this nice meal. And all of a sudden, we pick up this conversation where Sarah is about to find out that she's going to get pregnant, okay? Now, we pick it up in verse 9. God says to Abraham, Where is Sarah, your wife? The visitors asked. Well, she's inside the tent, Abraham replied. Then one of them said, I will return to you about this time next year, and your wife, Sarah, will have a son. Sarah was listening to the conversation from the tent. Okay, this is getting tricky. Abraham and Sarah were both very old by this time, and Sarah was long past the age of having children. So Sarah laughed. She laughed silently to herself, I love this, and said, how could a worn-out woman like me enjoy such pleasure, especially when my master, my husband, is also so old? See, it's not just me that's the problem, it's him too. How many of you ladies would agree with that? No, don't, don't raise your hand. <laughs> then the Lord said to Abraham, now this is crazy, why did Sarah laugh? I mean, he laughed and God never said that. Why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? And then that famous verse, verse 14, which is on some of your mirrors and refrigerators. Is anything too hard for the Lord? That's where this comes from. Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return about this time next year and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she denied it, saying, I didn't laugh. But the Lord said, no, you did laugh. No no I didn't. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. And 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 then Sarah I think realizes, okay, this is God. He probably knows that I did. Isn't that fascinating? So what's the difference between Abraham laughing because he can't believe it and Sarah laughing because she can't believe it? It's 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 crazy. And I really get a lot of thought to this. I've read a ton of stuff about it. And there's there's kind of kind of a scolding that God says, why did you laugh? So I started thinking about laughter. How many kinds of laughter do you think there are? Just think about this with me for a minute. Ponder on this. Maybe in the car on the way home today, you could have a little contest in your car with anyone you're with and say, give me a laugh, and I'll try to guess what kind of laughter it is. And if you're by yourself, you'll probably guess correctly. (laughs) Some advantages to being alone. Because there's the normal laugh. There's the laughter that God put in us that we don't fully control. Something, we say, tickles you, and you kind of (laughs) go, it's this, (laughs) it's this breath of air that kind of pops out. And you're not... You're not saying in your mind, okay, I'm going to laugh now. Ha! It just happens. But it's a very real emotion. There's another kind of laughter that I think is laughter from amazement and sort of like mystery. Where you look at something and you go, wow. It's this laughter. Like I think that's Abraham's laughter. I think Abraham is saying, oh my goodness, wow, this is crazy. How can this be? I'm I'm excited, but it seems it just seems like it couldn't be. But there's this this faith and this belief, but it's still mystery. Then there's this other kind of laughter. There's this cynical laughter. Cynical laughter is because I've prayed this before. Sarah, you're going to be with child. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. There's this she's you got to get think Think of this with me. How long has she wanted a baby? How long has she been praying? She's, she's been in grief because she can't have a child. She's disappointed in God. She's disappointed in herself. She's disappointed in Abram. She actually goes to Abram and says, take Hagar so we can get this baby. And she hears someone outside the tent go, Sarah's going to have a baby. And she goes, <laughs> that'll be the day. And God says, why'd you laugh? Because there is nothing too hard for me. Man, it just makes me start thinking about different attitudes that I get that build up in my life and the residue of living in this this world. And all the, all the antitrust issues, all the things that cause me to shrink back and isolate. And man, when you're hurt, you're wounded. Is there anything too hard for God? Wow. You know, just to wrap this up, I have... Some questions that I want you to consider. And I'm hoping that you'll just be really honest about this. And it'll make you learn from this story. What's the takeaway of a story like this? It's history. Yeah, it's great. We have the hay added to their names. And God is El Shaddai. And now it's it's all these promises. There's this new covenant. What does it mean for us in this culture, this generation? Let me just throw these three out there. Number one, how do I view God? How do I really view God? Is he El Shaddai? Or is he just a high five God that tags along with you in your life? Or does he mean everything to you? And do you trust him to be the covenant God who provides and who gives and who is powerful in your life? You see, I have such an I have such ai I'm I'm so blessed because I have a family that I love dearly. My dad, even though he died young at 41 years old, I was 14, I have four sisters. My dad loved me. My earthly father, I could run into his arms. I have memories of vacations, of boating, of camping. I have, I, I am so blessed and I am so grateful for it. I have no problem translating my earthly father connection to my heavenly father confidence and faith. But for some of you, wow, Father means nothing of El Shaddai. Father is a long ways away and it hurts you and grieves you to even think about some of the memories you have with your earthly father. See, that's why your view of God matters. And I want to pray today for some of you who don't have that view of El Shaddai. He's a God who says, come on, get up here in my lap and let's talk. You can hug me. Let's play. Let me be God to you. You know, the the second thing that I want you to ask is, can people really be changed by God? Because your answer to that question really matters in terms of your future. How many of you could be honest and give testimony to the fact right now in this moment, you know there have been things in your life that have changed because of the power of God in your life? Just wave your hand at me. Thank God. Me too. And I believe there's truth that we can change. It's not just Abram and Abraham, Sarai and Sarah. It's this God of covenant who comes and changes our lives. And then the last one is, have I become cynical about spiritual matters? Big question. The laughter stuff. I started thinking about poor Sarah who gets a bad rap for this and how much like her I have become sometimes and our world and Christians have become. And so I started asking the question, what what makes people cynical? What makes cynicism rise up in our lives about spiritual matters? And I, I started thinking about maybe one of the words that I wrote down was the word disappointments. If you've ever prayed for something for a long time and it's never happened, you can get a little cynical about praying again for that. Um, disillusionment. You don't understand why this happens in the world. Why do good people die and get sick? And Well, we're praying for you and your little mind says, well, big deal. Well, good is that. People have been praying for years. Nothing's happened. It's this seed that gets planted through. I think hardship can cause it. I think suffering can cause it. Sarah suffered. Sarah paid a price. Sarah was in a tough spot. And now, all of a sudden, she has this promise from God. It would be very easy to go, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. And she saw it somehow not knowing or seeing the bigger picture that god has can make us cynical but i want to pray for us today i want to pray for some of you who are in that right now and maybe this is a moment where the holy spirit wants to massage and tenderize your hardened heart you can get callous when you're walking with god even if you love god let's pray together lord this stuff really matters in our daily decisions and i i ask you right now to do some miracles do some miracles in here. Prepare hearts to really receive something that they can't do in in themselves. Let your spirit be very powerful in surgery today upon the heart and the mind and the spirit man. If you know there's cynicism in your life that's not quite healthy, I think we all probably have some of it, but I'm talking about enough that See, it quells faith completely. It smashes hope. That's what cynicism does. It takes away your ability to believe God for the future, even when you want to. It can lead to depression, discouragement. And I'm just going to call it out today and say, can I pray for you? If these seeds have been planted in you, even if you say, I love God, you can love God and become very cynical to an unhealthy way. But today I just want to pray. So if you want to raise your hand, do it right now. Just lift it up and say, that's me. I'm included in this prayer today. Okay, Church, help me pray for these. Lord, this is so valuable to us. And the fact that you give us opportunity to come to you, that you say, let's draw a new line in the sand. I want a covenant with you. I, I want you to have a fresh start today. Lord, thank you for just that. That's big of you. We need to know that you are El Shaddai. That we can trust you even though you're not doing what we ask. Even though there aren't things that we have answers for. Show us, God, how to walk in obedience. And to trust you. And may we even say thank you sometimes for not answering the prayers that we pray you see more than we do we trust that you are God today take cynicism out of us and fill us with hope and faith secondly I want to pray for you that those of you that just say I do need a fresh start I I just need today to define something new in me can I pray over you right now to slip it up to God Lord you see our hearts, our hands you see this moment and you've called certain people here probably just for this moment right here That you are a God who shows up in the middle of crazy 13 years of no talk and silence and pain and relationship messes and you say, I'm calling your name and I want you. Let this be that beginning. Let this be that beginning. I just pray it. I ask you, God, to be faithful and strong. Thank you for your spirit in this room. It's powerful. Lastly, those of you who need to give your life to God. Maybe you've never really become a Christian. You've never really said, I'm sorry, God, for the sins in my own life. Maybe you've never really believed that Jesus came to this earth, died on a cross, and rose from the dead. But today, the Holy Spirit is knocking on your heart. Hey, don't walk away from that quickly. I'm telling you, that's a special, precious moment. You can't even come to God without the Spirit doing this to you and drawing you and knocking in your spirit, man. So take advantage of this moment and say, God, I believe. I trust you. Forgive me and cleanse me. My faith is stepping out to trust that you are God and that you sent your son Jesus and he died and rose from the dead for me. And now I need you to forgive yourself, you guys, if that's you. You can walk in honesty. You can walk in, You can be clean before God and trust him for your future because you do have a future. <laughs> Praise God. In your name, Lord, we pray these things. Amen.